Will you shift? Will you shift, my friend? 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 The boyfriends that we had broken up at the time, my friends, uh, Kaylee and I, um, Craig, my 11-year-old boyfriend, we had all broken up at the same time. So we used to rehearse this dance, you know, Britney Spears every time. Did you ever hear that song? Mm-hmm. We rehearsed it in like my driveway and uh, we co- didn't have a note between us. And like we literally like walked up to him outside a shop one day and just started singing it to him. Hey, we are Graham and Nathan and this is Will You Shift My Friend, a Go Loud original podcast because Go Loud is the home of Irish podcasts. In Will You Shift My Friend, we speak to well-known personalities all about the art of shifting. We talk about your first shift, teenage discos, holiday romances and breakups. You'll find new episodes of Will You Shift My Friend every Tuesday at 1pm first on the Go Loud app and all major podcast platforms and the new Go Loud app is available to download for free in the App Store now. Right, enough talking, let's get into some shifting. <laughs> Enya Martin, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on Will You Shift My Friend, but i got to be honest, Nathan went on a spree of asking people to be guests last week and he messaged me and goes, I've got it, I've got Enya on the show. And I go... Enya? <laughs> Enya off of sail away, sail away, sail away. And he's save like, the whales, save the whales. <laughs> she was like, no, Enya, give, give us a laugh. And I was like, all oh, right. I actually didn't know your name was Enya. Really? What a yeah. beautiful name. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people with weird names around my area, but I think give us a laugh now would be be a bit now too peculiar but, uh, <laughs> yeah no I I was named um, after the Irish singer obviously and I was the only uh, person named in my school after an Irish singer because there was two Madonnas and three Winnies in my class so oh wow no way no there wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking what, what a musically talented school you had <laughs> well there was a lot of pressure on them to be musically talented oh yeah 100% I haven't got a note in my head so I'm lucky I have my comedy so where did you grow up I grew up in Clondalkin in a place called Neilstown um, and I grew up there all my life. I just recently moved out there uh, about a year and a half ago during lockdown with the boyfriend. Um, it's not too far. It's only about 10 minutes up the road in a car. Um, but yeah, I think growing up there definitely like instills the, the inspiration for the videos and stuff. Like That's what my page is known as, gives a laugh on Instagram and Facebook. But yeah, it's just kind of like taking the piss out stereotypes around the area and like, you know, people I grew up with, people I went to school with, um, you know, my mother. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff like that, friends and stuff like that. Um, obviously, with age as well, like, you know, comedy kind of comes with age and life experience. It's like I remember when I did my first stand up show, I obviously based on a lot about where I was from. But now, like, I'm after moving in with my boyfriend, you know, I've gone to college, I have a new career now. There's just so much, so many more things to talk about other than, yeah, so I'm from a council estate, you know. <laughs> Before we get into shifting, I want to know, what was the first video you put up online? Because I know for many people that we chat to and they're online comedians, <clears throat> it's kind of like the first video is like the most nerve wracking one. You think, oh my God, people are going to think I'm such an idiot. Or I'm not funny or anything like that. Was it like that for you? Can you remember the first one? Yeah, well, I suppose I always did have like a, a really good sense of humour in school and I used to love taking the piss out of teachers, but they knew it was only light-hearted, you know, it wasn't like cheeky in a bad way, but um, 
And then it kind of dawned on me that like I just had to go and get an office job like everybody else. But it wasn't until social media came along. And do you know who it was as well? Darren Conway was making videos before I did. And I, I used to see him post it on Facebook and I was like, oh, I'd love to do something like that, but I don't have the balls to post it. And I used to say to the, to the to me mates, I want to post videos and I want to do stuff. I want to do funny stuff. And they're like, do it, do it. But something always held me back. So I just bit the, uh, the bullet one day and I uploaded it to my personal page. So that way, you know, only my friends and family could see it. If, if, um, if it went to shit. But I look back now and I cringe. Like, I actually cringe. The quality of the video um, was shit. I mean, I think I filmed it. I actually had a DSLR camera that I thought it was going to use for photography and I never did. And I filmed it in black and white because I just didn't like myself on camera back then. And, oh God, it was like, I think it was like how Shanto met Anto. So basically I had this character and she was like a proper chav-like character. And she was mad about this fella. And we all know one on Facebook who literally like sings the praises of some scumbag from around the area. You know, like he's me life, he's me world. And everyone loved it. Everyone was just like, you should make a page. Like, le- le- like let more people know about this. And I did. And I, like, it was a big plunge. I remember just slamming the laptop shut and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I posted my first video like to the public. And, you know, looking back now, it probably didn't go as viral as I thought it would compared to my videos that I do today. But, yeah, that's what started it all. Yeah, but at the time, I'd say, like, you got 100 likes. Like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah, I remember I got 100 likes on the page, on the actual Gizalaf page. It's like, oh, my God, thanks so much, everybody. This means a lot. Now, like, I have over 300,000 likes. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah, went up by 10 likes today. That's shit. Where Where did you come up with the name? I came up with the name because I didn't want to limit it. I didn't want to limit it to kind of like just Enya Martin or like, you know, a character's name, like Shanto's page or whatever. Um, and I, I suppose the concept was around like keeping it to like sketches. So it was like a broad name, if you know what I mean. You could do so much under, underneath that name, like podcasts and um, videos. I don't know anything else. But uh, yeah, I wanted to keep it broad and I wanted it obviously to have relevance to what the videos were about, which was making people laugh, you know. Well, Enya, it's one of my favourite questions to ask in this podcast. It is called, Will You Shift My Friend? But we, we, we've known that shift is a very country term. What was it where you grew up? What, did you, what was the vernacular? It was called, uh, Will You Meet Me, Friend? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, and my ma used to call it wear, like, oh, she gave him the wear, like, what? Oh. The wear? Yeah. Oh, well, I've, I've heard the term to wear the face off someone. Yeah, yeah. So that's where that came from, I think. But, like, meeting is, is it's just, oh... I just, I don't know how it even correlates to kissing the word. Like, I just, I don't know where it came from. But that was the word when I was growing up when I was a kid. And um, especially like the teenage discos and stuff around the area. I never used to dance with fellas. Like, no fellas wanted to dance with me. And I used to kind of have to just stand back at the wall and watch all my other friends dance with lads. Yeah. And they, oh God, we were only like 10 or 11. Like, it was a bit fucking weird. Now that you look back, like they were kissing each other. But my first kiss was... My next door neighbor used to babysit this lad and he was only about nine and I was only about nine or ten, right? And we, we pretended to be boyfriend and girlfriend. We used to play with each other, we did. Him, me and my brother. And one day we just we just kissed each other and I was like, oh my God, are we boyfriend and girlfriend now? And it was so cute, like looking back in innocence, but... Yeah, I never seen him then a couple of weeks after. He just vanished. Oh. Where has he gone? I was ghosted, yeah. That's that's probably the earliest case of ghosting. <laughs> yeah. So where where did the kiss take place? It was actually just across my road, like across the, across the street from where I live. Like there's just like, it, it was the side of a house. So we're, my front door faces the side of a house and it was just across the road there. And it was like, oh my God, like I just kissed a boy. Um, it was really, really weird. Now that's all it was. Like, but, um, My first actual boyfriend, um, I think I was like 11 or 12 
And again, that was just kissing as well. But like I was infatuated with him, infatuated with him. And it was just puppy love, you know, your fourth boyfriend. You get to go around bragging to your mates and stuff like that. But I remember just, just a distinct smell of aftershave. Like every time I smell it now, I just think of like, remember I was 11 and had a boyfriend? Yeah. And I, I still see him like to this day. It's mad. Like it's crazy. What kind of slick 11 year old is wearing aftershave? I know. I was barely wearing Lynx Africa at 11. Never mind aftershave. A bit, a bit of Davidoff. And we, I know. And, and you know what? We used to go to this... This uh, disco across the road from us it used to be on every Friday night. It was called the Eddie Rocker Nine O'Clocker, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, because a guy called Eddie used to run it, right? <laughs> and like, it was just like this upstairs in the community hall and like a couple of pool tables. The lights used to be on, you know, and a bit of music and a few snacks in the corner. Um, doesn't beat coppers like actually it probably would beat coppers today it's a mini coppers yeah, it like, yeah yeah in training and yeah and we used to go there we, we used to go there together with all our friends but like he used to have his hair gelled oh I used to think he was gorgeous and then I was heartbroken then when um we had like this fight and then he just didn't want to see me anymore uh, heartbroken what, what does an 11 year old fight about in a relationship um, going off with me friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, There's enough. no morals when you're 11 or 12. No morals. No morals. But um, yeah, no, look, you live and you learn. Uh, I, I actually still lives around my area. It's gas now when I look at him and I'm just like, oh, you're my first boyfriend ever. And what does he say? Uh, I just, I, I suppose a few years after, it was a little bit awkward, you know, like teenagers and that. But um, at this stage now, you just kind of laugh about it. You know, remember us years ago? Yeah. Did you always want to have a boyfriend when you were younger? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm actually kind of one of those people that I've never really been single. I suppose, like, I was fifteen, sixteen when I when I had a my actual four serious relationship and a jeez, serious relationship at fifteen. I was doing a junior search. Um, and that was like for about a year and a half. And God, I was mad about him. Like, I was like absolutely heartbroken when we broke up. Like, I mean, inconsolable. Someone died. Like, that's how I felt. <laughs> Somebody died. Um, and yeah, and like, we, we were on and off for a couple of years. And even, you know, years after that, I was still like kind of hell bent on him and stuff. But now, a couple of months after I broke up with him, then I got on my current boyfriend who I'm with like. 14 years oh wow yeah so I actually haven't experienced much of a single life yeah. especially when you're supposed to in those kind of years you know like 18 plus you were, you were early started in the teenage discos what's the <laughs> what, I'm thinking like 11 and 12 I'm like wow yeah. what was the main song that takes you back to that moment in time oh there's a few like Outkast, Caroline, they always remind me of um, like the skill discos, um, Eamon, fuck you, you ho, I don't no, want you back. Oh, I yeah. remember that. Oh, but you remember, and then <laughs> there was a rebuttal. But did Eamon, yeah, rebut. What was the name Frankie. of it? Frankie. Frankie, yeah. <laughs> so Eamon went first and then did Frankie come back no, or was it Frankie, the other way? No. Eamon went first and then Frankie, okay. yeah. Okay. That was the height of pop culture, I think, back in the day when you had yeah. people actually bringing out songs that were making it into the charts about each other. Yeah, oh, 100%. Mm. And it was so bizarre because I didn't understand the words and at the time. And it's only now when you listen back, you're like, oh my God, like I was singing that walking around my house. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of the words were just really all right. And I'm surprised actually they even released that song, um, to be honest now, looking back. But who else? Justin Timberlake, you know, like uh, Rock Your Body, oh, Cry yeah. Me A River. Justified. What an album. Yeah, unbelievable. Unreal. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. Britney Spears, um, yeah. a lot of Britney songs. Um, what else? I suppose like kind of like Ja Rule and Ashante like all them type of Gee, songs This is an absolute banger of an era of music 
isn't it? Yeah. Early noughties, early noughties yeah. class. They'll never make music like that again, like Ray J and stuff. And yeah. it was really R and B. It was real R and B. Usher, ah, oh, Usher, born. That Burn. reminds me Caught up. of my eleven-year-old boyfriend. Yeah, definitely. His early. name is Craig. If he's listening, <laughs> when you were uh, in the Eddie Rockers nine o'clocker. <laughs> <laughs> you could literally rhyme about anything like first of all very late for a teenage disco to start nine o'clock if you were really like 11 actually I suppose it's not I, I, it's I, not actually nine o'clock isn't it I think it was over at nine and it oh, started okay. at seven like where did you graduate then after the Eddie Rocker nine o'clocker was there somewhere else that you went to then maybe in your mid, mid to late teens yeah there was this thing called the no name right I don't know whether you ever heard of it but there was something similar as well in town called Barcode do you remember that um, well, I'm from Mayo, so the barcode. Well, I do contact. remember barcode. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like, huge. Wasn't it was like it? an underage, under 18s disco, but they had one in. Oh, I forget the name of the hotel. The, oh, the Spawell, the Luke and Spawell Hotel, and it was called the No Name. So literally, a load of like 14 year olds, 15 year olds would go there, and they would have like this traffic light disco, right? So basically, if you're wearing oh, yeah, a green wristband, yeah. you're single, right? If you're wearing an orange one, you're kind of in between, and if you're wearing a red one, you're taken. Like what? The, the orange was really yeah. greedy. Yeah. It's just like, I'm here. I really should be wearing a green, but I'm trying to be mysterious. But it kind of gives you an out. If the person comes up to you and you're like, oh, get away from me. Sorry, I'm yeah, kind yeah. of in something. Not interested, but if you're better looking, I probably would. Yeah. yeah. It depends if you're better looking than the person I'm kind of seeing. And and them them type of discos now, like Flowrider, like they remind me, like T-Pain, Chris Brown, like oh. all that music. That that was around, I think that was around like 2006, 2007. But um, that def- that was before I actually met my current boyfriend around that period. Um, it was class. So looking back, like it was so innocent. There was no such thing as drink. Well, I know me and my friends didn't bring any drink. Um, but it was just so innocent compared to now. Do you remember when Florida Low first came out? Yeah, oh, that, that was, was unbelievable. Massive. And then everyone would just go low, low, low. Ooh. The whole teenage yeah. disco would go down. So I, had th- we must be around the same age. Then you're late twenties, early thirties. Then I'm twenty nine now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're thirty. So it's kind of yeah, same parallel. Era, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when you would be going to these discos, was there a big group of friends that you'd be going with? Yeah. So God, when you look back now, you just look at the fashion and the hairstyling. You used to think you were a massive, not an eyelash or eyebrow between us, and like not even makeup or anything like. We used to just put on the bare minimum and like think that we were gorgeous. Now it's like such a different level of like beauty, you know. Uh, but yeah, there was there was always kind of me, my friend Kaylee, Jesse, uh, Craig. Like there was about four or five of us, and we always used to stick together. Like we've we've all kind of drifted apart now. Like growing up, you know, like we all went off and did our own thing. Well, that was kind of like the crew that we would go to the Eddie Liner, Eddie Rocker Nine O'Clocker, the No Name, and then like do we used to have there was another community center and they used to have discos as well. Like that was good. Um, that was kind of where all the slow dancing was. You know, oh, interesting. Never yeah. been to a slow dance. Really? Teenage disco. That was the only time in my lifetime I've ever seen uh, people slow dance at discos because all that slow set stuff was like done away with. Yeah. By the time I was born, anyway, um, as far as I know, like I was born ninety two. I don't remember. I I wasn't old enough to be going to pubs or clubs, um. But yeah, that was the only time I seen like slow sets. And like, what they use? What kind of songs? A bit of Kylie Minogue, Robbie Williams, that kind of stuff, or are they going spando ballad? It sounds very dancehall esque. It was no, it was like it was literally. It would be like. It would be dark and they would have a DJ and it would just be like couples slow dancing. Like not couples, like lads just trying to look for a kiss and girls as well. And they just have their hands on their shoulder and the fellow would have his hands on our arse or waist or whatever, depending on what area you're from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, yeah, well, like, Usher and, like, Born and stuff like that. Like, it would yeah. all R&B, like, slow songs, you know? Um, yeah, it wouldn't be, I suppose it wouldn't be. I actually remember we they used to do a talent show in the same community centre and we the boyfriends that we had broken up with at the time, my friends uh, Kaylee and I, um, Craig, my 11-year-old boyfriend, we had all broken up at the same time. So we used to rehearse this dance, you know, Britney Spears every time. Did you ever hear that song? Mm-hmm. We rehearsed it in like my driveway and uh, we didn't have a note between us and like we literally like walked up to him outside a shop one day and just started singing it to him. <laughs> what was the reaction? Oh, like it just cycled off. Like it was just <laughs> so awkward. We, we thought we were dead. We were like, oh, it's going to be the ultimate revenge. See what you're missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were kind of ahead of Fucking aiming. bag of cats, what? You were kind of an early aiming releasing a yeah, song like yeah. that. Yeah. A revenge track. So what age were you when you met your boyfriend? I was... It was literally um, three days after I got my junior state results because... My friend who lives down beside him, we were actually texting for about a year or two before we actually went out because we were so scared to go out to each other by ourselves that every time we were supposed to meet, oh, my friend can't make it, he can't come with me, etc. And I wouldn't mind, but he still only lives 10 minutes down the road, even at that time. And there was a party I was going to, which was around the corner from him. I was like, look, I'm up your way if you want to pop around. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I will then. And he got his mum to iron his tracksuit and everything. And he came around. He's only a year older than me, so he was 16. I was 15 at the time. And we just had a, had a chat. And he kissed like a washing machine he did. And we didn't kiss. <laughs> we didn't kiss till the last minute. You know when the taxi arrives? Because all my friends were like popping their head around the corner. Like, Enya, come on, the taxi's on his way. We have to go home. Um, but yeah, he kissed like a washing machine. I felt like bringing him back down to his mom being like, have you got the receipt off this, have you? Like, <laughs> does Power City do guarantees? Like, <laughs> Did you tell him that he kissed like a washing machine? Not then, but I do now, yeah. And I had to kind of like train him. I had to slow down the kissing so he would slow down so he wouldn't seem like, Jesus, she's really slow. Like, you, know what I mean? you had to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I was like, look, I've had loads of experience. I'm doing this since I'm nine. Like, <laughs> I've been at the Eddie Rocker nine o'clock. Yeah, Come yeah. on, I know what I'm at. <laughs> And it's funny now that you think about because he told me he used to go to the no name discos. Okay. So like we cut across paths and we didn't even know it. Yeah. Oh. No. And what about um, your first date? Was it did it happen soon enough after the first kiss, or was there a gap? Were you kind of afraid to take the next step? Uh, what we would what we would do is um, so there's like a village in between my area and his area, Clondalkin Village, and we would meet down there and like uh, just walk around, sit on a bench, have chats, get to know each other. But I'm trying to think now whether we done that after the first day or beforehand. Because I do remember the first movie we went to see was, uh, I think it was the second Transformers. We went to see that and he was really, really nervous. Like he was a really nervous person. I think he just wasn't used to like being around girls and stuff. And like, he, like if he put his hand on like my hand, it would be like mad, sweaty and clammy and stuff. Like God love him, he was rattling. And um, Or if he put his hand on my lower back and all, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so my t-shirt's saturated. Like, um, oh, you might God. have, what, what do you have? You got Raynard's disease. Yeah, I disease. say I have Raynard's disease. It's when um, I have very cold fingertips, uh, toes and fingers but you sweat <laughs> but I also have very clammy hands and I would have found that as well going on dates holding the girl's hand I would often get sweaty hands yeah. and it's very hard to know what to do you start kind of wiping yourself before you go in for the move 
but they can tell that you're then you sweating. get more anxious and they're and you're like do they think I'm nervous yeah because girls love confidence you know so like he was he was really really nervous he didn't know where to like put his hand or put his arm around me and stuff like it took him years it took me years to condition him but he's he's grand now he's I like the way you kind of talked to him like he was a dog yeah yeah you've been training him how to kiss how to condition where to put his hands everything like that and now after what over a decade you kind of have him in the spot where you like yeah him. he's making progress but even I actually remember when I first when, when we first started kind of seriously seeing each other where his friends started finding out about me and stuff like he would he would literally like blow me off for stupid things he would be like yeah yeah I'll come up to you at about uh, 7 o'clock and we go to pictures and I get a text at half 6 yeah I'm just going around to the lads and we're just going to play poker instead and I'm like you can't keep doing this like you can't just keep blowing me off and like I think that I kind of nipped it in the bud there because you know you let him away with it once and mm. they just keep doing it do you remember Whatever. what your first trip was away with your boyfriend Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I think I think our first holiday would have been to Tenerife. Oh god, that was I tell the story every time on stage. Our first holiday was to Tenerife, running nineteen at the time, and uh, he got food poisoning. The first it was only the two of us, and he got food poisoning. He was literally like wrote off for the whole week and then on the last day he was like do you want to go out somewhere let's go to the water park and I was like fine I was literally like kind of getting cabin fever myself I couldn't go out and do anything with anybody you know I didn't know anyone and we went down to the water park and came back and the whole hotel room was literally like fleeced gutted like I mean the safe everything was gone out of it oh yeah and it was like like these bungalows, if you know what I mean, in 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 the hotel complex. And I remember we were leaving one night, and I was like, "This door doesn't lock." I said, "Look," I was like, "I don't need the key to open this." So we were a bit weary then, and then obviously I got robbed. And it was only I looked at the hotel reviews on the uh, when I got home, and it was like, "Avoid, avoid, inside job, inside job, right?" Uh like like brothel, um, weed farms. They were just the keywords I kept seeing, um, and then. <laughs> he was he got food poisoned and he was just like to me I was like raw and crying like my phone was robbed everything gone like everything and he's just sitting I'm just sitting on the bed and I don't know what to do I'm in hysterics and he's like oh look Anya at the end of the day we still have our health <laughs> I was like still have our health I was like this coming from a fellow who was shitting rings around himself all week that was our fourth holiday yeah and it was a fucking shite I it was. love the idea of the robbers saying to themselves why aren't they leaving why are they yeah, staying yeah. indoors it's been six days <laughs> leave already oh like and I mean he tried to blame me he was like are you sure you're locked the safe and I was like don't don't oh. even start don't even start um, but yeah and he just he, I, I just said it. I think you every time we go away he's all, his stomach is always fucked and I goes I think you need to just kind of accept the fact you might have IBS you know what I mean and he's like what does that mean I says irritable bastard syndrome <laughs> He is, every time. I remember the first time we went to New York, right? His friend lives over there. We were over a visit on my Thanksgiving and we went to Times Square on the very last day. I said, we have no pictures of each other on Times Square. Let's take a picture together. And he was literally just, you know, ignoring me, like couldn't care less because he was too busy looking for a fucking toilet. Like that's that's what it was like. I, I was like, Gary, we haven't got a picture together. We need to get one in Times Square. We'll get one again. We'll get one again. <laughs> he had to buy a hamburger at McDonald's so he could use the Jacks like... I have a bad feeling that this is what Claire talks to her friends about me on holidays because I'm atrocious for the toilet. Are I you? actually do have irritable bastard syndrome, but bowel syndrome. Really? Yeah, diagnosed. Have you been diagnosed? I've been diagnosed. Well, 
There's, I've very bad bowels and they couldn't find anything else wrong with me so they said you've just got IBS. I, I'm just going to try bad. tick off boxes here for someone who actually has it, right? He goes about three times a day. Very noisy. Um, every time we're on holiday, I don't know why it's on holiday. It seems to get worse. Why is that? So for me, I'm the exact same. I remember our first holiday was in Madrid and... I was so sick. But what I think it is, is when I go out of routine. So I eat at the same time, mm. basically in around the same food every single day. But if I like don't eat for five hours instead of two hours between breakfast and lunch or whatever, I get really sick because my stomach starts going, what's going on? And then you're, but then you've got so much drink. You're drinking more than you oh, would. cider and stuff like that, on, yeah. hol- on holidays than you would normally as well, just at the weekend. So I think that's why, and I just, I feel so bad on holidays because I'm so sick all the time. And the first holiday, I was like, I'd say Claire was like, what's wrong with this lad? I literally couldn't eat or but drink. But you can't Did you think it was food poisoning? Like- no, I got food poisoning <laughs> in Thailand, which kick-started all this. And then that's why that's just destroyed me every single holiday. I so think Tenerife then could have kickstarted it. I think that, that was, was could have been it. Yeah, because um, he thinks it could have been a uh, like dodgy ham or something that he ate. And then like I don't know, like you know the way you you're not supposed to like brush your teeth with the water over there and stuff. Like it's just riddled with, with E. coli. Like I don't yeah. know, it could be that. But I remember like we were in Lanzarote just there recently in October time, and we went to this Indian restaurant. And before we even had anything to eat. He was sitting there and he's like, my stomach's doing jumping jacks. I was like, Garrett, I was like, and he won't go in a restaurant toilet. Like, he will go back to the hotel room. Like, he just embarrassed. I, I feel the pain. Like, yeah. I feel is the pain. He, and I know he's not here to defend himself. How noisy are we talking? <laughs> like, we live in a granny flat out his mum's back garden. So if someone has a shit, the window has to be open for a week. Like, oh. <laughs> no, but like, we we have like a little ensuite, so it, it, it's not too bad. It's not like a studio granny flat, you know what I mean? Um, like there's a living area and then there's the bedroom and then like there's a toilet in the bedroom. Like and it's it's handy. Like you have like a shower and a, and a toilet and stuff. Like it actually is big enough, but it's a sliding door, so it traps. It doesn't trap any sound, you ah, know. Okay. So if he slides the door over, I'm lying in bed. There's the telly and there's the door oh, for the bathroom. No. And he always, he always <laughs> every funny. time he goes in and he turns the light on, he just looks at me before he closes the door. And he just goes. <laughs> It's showtime. Yeah, yeah. As if to say, as if to say, I'm going to turn the tap oh. on now. Well, it must be nice that you're in a in, in such a comfortable position and so comfortable with each other that he feels it's okay to do that. Yeah, I don't though. Does he? Does I... he do the cough? What I like to do is <laughs> is when when I'm trying to time the moment of, yeah. <laughs> of contact with the water. I it's just go, me. Oh. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, yeah, Grant, Grant. I'm masking it. Do you have COVID? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I feel his pain. One. I feel his pain. If yeah. he he can he can message me on Instagram or that just to just to talk to someone because I don't think he gets much um, sympathy from you. Like I get very little sympathy from Claire as well. He finds it hilarious. He just forms the tap. He doesn't even cough. <laughs> At least have a bit of respect. Like do you know what I mean? Well, you're on medication for it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can swap uh, medical details. He can't swallow tablets, so I'm stuck with this. Fucking <laughs> shite bag. Shove up his Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Come straight out. Oh. Shove it up your hole. So, so you're in a really happy relationship. I would say really, really comfortable. Yeah, really, really comfortable around each other. Um, but I suppose, yeah, like I don't think there's anything, any line that hasn't been crossed, any stone untorned. It must be very weird being with someone for so long at that age group because do you think you've kind of changed a little bit as a person as you've gotten older or do you think you both are very much the same? I don't know. Like I do always think to myself, God, what have I had been single all these years? 
would it have influenced my career? Would it have influenced my friends, etc.? Like, what if I had a, had have ended up with somebody else who maybe, you know, was against the whole comedy thing? Like, I don't know. And I remember at the start, when I started the comedy, he was just like, oh, you know, like, the lads are kind of, like, having a bit of crack about you and stuff. And I'm like, what are you saying? Oh, no, they just... I was like, they're not taking me seriously, aren't they? Not? They think I'm just like, you know, this wind-up merchant who like, doesn't want to make something of herself. And I'm just saying, like, you know, just just, just for your own sake, maybe maybe don't make the videos, you know, and post them on your page. I said, fuck this. And now who's looking for a guest list to me? Vicar Street oh, Shows, yeah. yeah. Yes, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And and they still try to take the piss out of me to this day. Remember, we were your force fans and all? Yeah, right. As someone who's been in a relationship for so long, I imagine then that you were a fantastic wingwoman for your friends back in the day. Yeah, like, oh, it was it was awful at the same time because we, my first holiday I went down with my mates, we actually went to Tenerife as well and it was the year after I had gone with Gary and they were all single, you know, they weren't in relationships and stuff and, and I was still young at the time I mean, I was only 20, 21 so it was tough, like, I'm not going to lie, like, all your friends are single at that age and you're in a relationship but, like, it was tough going on holidays and don't get me wrong, like, we did break up here and there and, like, kind of, well, I know I did and kiss fellas here and there and he knows that but, I mean, that's about it but, yeah, like, it, I suppose now all my friends are in, like, relationships and we all kind of go out together. Like, myself and him, we always go out with his friends and their girlfriends, you know. We always, like, his friends are in, like, their mid-torties. So we've gone to loads of weddings. We've gone to loads of kind of, like, house, um, what would you call them? House parties. House like, Housewarmings, yeah. Um, so it's it's mad. We've actually seen each other's friends grow up together, which is, like, really nice. Um, and... Yeah, 14 years. Like, I've I've seen a lot. And how long have you been living with them for? I'd say about a year and a half now. Yeah, so we moved in in October 2020. So about a year and a half. And, like, you do realise, um, like, I never realised how OCD he was. Like, a bit with routine, you know, with routine. Um, like, the clothes have to be washed at a, cer- a certain way. Like, um, the delf has to be washed a certain way, like the dishes. So he's a chef. So, like, ah, the kitchen area is, like, he has to be in control of that, you know. But, like, he just, like, fuck clothes and all at the end of the bed and wouldn't think twice about that. It's weird, like, mm. you know, he's really hell-bent in, in, in some areas of the house and then he's not in others. Like, it's weird. We've had a couple of guests on and they talk about some embarrassing stories that have happened to them or they've done when in the act of wearing the face off someone, basically. I know you've been in a relationship with the majority of the time, but have you any stories that pop to mind? Um, My first shift, I bit the lip of a girl and uh, I didn't know at the time and they came back to haunt me later on when everyone found out. So that was very, very embarrassing. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't in a sexual way. Like... (laughs) I tried to pass it off as it was, but as a 14-year-old. Like a sexual way. Like Tourette's or something, like just going and biting people's lips. I'm trying to think on the spot now, but I remember actually at one stage, I think it was like 12 or 14, I was kissing some fella at a disco and he belched me out. Oh my God. Yeah, that was disgusting. That was actually disgusting. So what did you kind of do afterwards? I kind of just pretended that it didn't happen. Like, I kind of was just like, oh my God, eh, I just tasted spaghetti ball now. Yeah, I was going to ask, <laughs> yeah. could, you taste, could you taste the food? Well, what was it? I've actually remembered one and I, I completely blanked this out and just belching on someone reminded me that. So I used to get really, I was, used to be on medication for my acne when I was a teenager and I used to get really bad nosebleeds. And I remember I was in, I think I was in D2s on Harcourt Street and I was shifting a girl 
and I could feel it coming. I was like, no, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll be able to control it. And then I was like, okay, I haven't, I haven't bled. It's fine. So then when you, when you stop shifting, you pull out and you look at the girl at the conversation. She had blood all over her face. Why oh, was your nose bleeding? My nose was bleeding. She so was getting nosebleeds from the from the medication. And I used to. I thought I could control it. And I was like, no, I could feel it coming, but it's not coming. But it was all over her face. And she was like, hey. And I saw it. <laughs> and I was like, um, and I was like, will I Salty. walk away or will I leave it? And I go, you've got a little bit. And then she looked at me, and she could see there was blood on my nose and she was like oh, did I did I bleed all over you and I was like yes yeah yeah I don't one of us did it's I don't fine, know it's grand. I don't, don't worry know, about it I don't know which one it was um, maybe it was me maybe it was you oh. I, it could have been let's just uh, go to the bathroom and let's clean this up and then everyone inside in the bathroom saw me have blood all over my face and thought I was in a fight and I was like yeah yeah, yeah. I was in a, I was in a fight I was in a fight yeah it's just it's a big scrap out there really really bad what was your favourite place to go in town in night outs uh, night out so there was a good few places so it, it's kind of evolved over the years so I'm trying to think what was the first place that I went to in town I always loved the places on Harcourt Street I remember actually when I went 19 I went to D2 um, and my birthday is like the 28th of October so it's always like kind of like Halloween time whenever I'm going out um, yeah D2 would you be a fan of dressing up on Halloween or is that annoying because it's on your birthday not really. I don't really like dressing up, to be honest. I dressed up as a zombie that year, actually. Oh, Jesus, the most least sexiest person in the room I was. But, um, yeah, I went there. I went to D2. Uh, I liked Dicey's. Where else? What do you think of Coppers? Coppers. I was in Coppers a couple of times. Um, I like it. It's very, like, I suppose, the queues outside. Like, sometimes it's not even worth going into, but... I like it because it reminds me of like when I was a kid, like the music in it and stuff. Mm. It's really like kind of such a random night out. It's not somewhere you'd go every weekend. I feel like it's somewhere you'd go after a party or, or whatever. Like I would never plan to go to Coppers at the start of the night. Um, I always go to the George as well because I have a lot, actually a lot of gay friends and I always enjoy it there too. Like it's a really good night out. Um, where else? Oh, there's definitely somewhere that I can't think of at the moment. But Can I ask, when you are doing your stand-up shows and you said Vicar Street, do you remember the first time you did stand-up and your boyfriend was in the audience? Oh, yeah, that's actually a nice story for once. Um, he, I I was working in an office at the time doing an internship because I, I went to college and I'd done advertising and marketing. And I was still I was doing the videos at the time and I just thought, oh, this, this is just a hobby, these videos. So I sit at a desk and I got a text off um, this guy who runs a comedy club in Wheelands called Pop the Cherry. He was like, hey, Anya, um, love your videos. We have a slot in, uh, in Pop the Cherry for our beginners. It's only five minutes. The crowd will be aware it's your first time you might as well give it a go and I was absolutely petrified to do stand up petrified I mean I can hide behind a camera and no I can't hear anyone laughing I can't hear, hear anyone not laughing um, so the thought of actually standing on stage and hear, and like I suppose the fear was dying on stage that was my biggest fear far from it now but um, yeah so I ended up doing it anyway I bit the bullet I said fuck it and I said I had friends Joe McGuckin actually came in with me um, I was really good friends with him at the time and he came in with his friend to watch me and Dave McSavage was actually headlining that night <clears throat> I went down really well and I got a really I got uh, great feedback but anyway I told my boyfriend, I was like, look, this is my first time in a comedy club. Please don't come in. And I didn't think he would anyway. And I didn't think it was his cup of tea. Like, he would have to go all the way into town on his own. It was in the evening time. He's like, yeah, all right, then I won't go, Jesus. But I came down off stage and I seen Joe and I was just like, oh, what you think of that? And all he goes, yeah, yeah, Garrett enjoyed it as well. And I looked around, like, Garrett was standing there and he's like, you didn't think I'd miss your first stand-up show. And I think that was probably the most romantic thing he actually ever done for me. You know, up there with the top three anyway. 
And that was really nice because I would have been just so worried going on stage thinking I'm going to make a tick of myself and he's going to see this, you know. Um, Was your comedy about him? And do you have to run through jokes? Not really, no. I I think the the first five minutes I done, it's gas now because I have like an hour and 20 minutes of material now compared to like five minutes. And it was shit. I don't even use that stuff anymore. But it went down really well. Uh, But no, I'm now predominantly, like I'd say a good chunk of my material is based on him, especially my new show that I'm working on. I mean, it's just stuff that everybody can relate to, relationships, isn't it? And he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind getting the piss taken out of him. Uh, it's all, it's all kind of like tongue in cheek, you know. I think a lot of people now it's kind of exaggerated comedy, but uh, he enjoys it, you know. When you were starting with the videos and online comedy, was the goal then to move to on stage and do stand up, or no. did that just kind of happened based on Pop the Cherry Night? Yeah, it, it kind of happens because I, I a lot of people had said to me, "Would you not do stand up? Would you not try one of the clubs?" I says, "No, absolutely not. I'm not doing it." I, I was just kind of banking on making a living through the videos because I did start making a, a few quid through an agency uh, with like sponsored videos and stuff like. For brands and I thought oh this is what I'm going to do now I was literally only living off 100 quid a week doing that internship you know and I just decided to myself with the videos were taken off I enjoyed my first show uh, doing stand up and the first five minutes I says fuck this I'm actually going to take the plunge go on the dole see what happens and that was in the October in the January then my manager approached me and said would I be interested in doing like a string of live shows so that summer then I did my first mini tour and got my first car out of it as well Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, how do you find stand-up in this country? We're trying to make it in this country. Is it difficult? Um, I I suppose once you're good, like I, the laughter lounge as well. I, mean, I I actually had a goal list. I had a goal list. I used to go by Vicar Street every day when I was in that internship and I was like, I'm going to perform in there one day. This is when I started doing the smaller clubs. And I did end up performing in there one day, and it was it was a, it was a great achievement um, to me. Like I felt like I ticked the goal off the list. The laughter lounge was a was a goal as well. I think once you have good comic timing, my videos helped a lot because I had already built an audience. So when people were coming to see me, they weren't like, "Who's this?" You know, they I suppose that definitely built my audience up for people to come see me. That was half the battle. I didn't have to start from the ground up like a lot of comedians do, like the old fashioned way, like build an audience through. I suppose people coming to see them in clubs or whatever. Um, and I think sometimes there is some comedians that resent you for that because I wouldn't say I had an easier journey an easier journey um, I had to work just as hard except I had to put myself online to millions hundreds of thousands of people where I suppose they're just kind of standing in a club in front of 30 people you know like it's I had to open myself up to ridicule trolls etc um, which is something you wouldn't experience a lot of on stage starting now you, you might get the odd heckle and stuff but um how do you deal with trolls? I just ignore them. I just ignore them. I, I've gotten to the stage now where like, I don't know whether there's like a, a psychology streak in me, but I actually feel sorry for them. I'm like, what type of sane person? Like out of us three, I mean like, what possesses someone to just send someone a message and be like, um, not that I've ever gotten a message like this, but say for example, like you're so ugly. Oh my God, go and die. Like who who actually sends a message like that? If they're, if they're they must be so unhappy with themselves to think that something like that is normal. Because I I could never send someone. I might think it, but I would never be able to type it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just keep scrolling. I mean, I don't have the time. And even sometimes when I post things on my story, that people might not agree with, or you know, I don't agree with that. I think that's inappropriate or something. And I'm just like. Well, 
don't follow me then. Like yeah. no, nobody, I don't have to screen my shit through you. <laughs> like Ricky Gervais made a good point and he's like, you can't go into a comedy show either and choose what to be offended by. I mean, there's something else in that show that someone else could be offended by, but you're not, you know, it's, 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 it's weird, but I, I usually just block them so they don't get a chance to do it again. And Instagram is actually very good at the moment because you can block them and then any other accounts that they may create using that email address. That's good. Yeah. Do you find now we're in a sort of area of cancel culture? Oh, yeah, big time. What's your thoughts on that? And does it make you nervous when you're creating content? Yeah, 100%. In fairness now, I've been quite lucky. I've, I haven't posted a video yet that's that's gone down really well, like badly and got shared for the wrong reasons. Um, I suppose I, I would have a good head on my shoulders when it comes to that. Um, there is a lot of people out there who would post stuff and wouldn't think twice about the content in it. Whether Sometimes you can offend people and you are out of line, especially online, you can't afford it. On stage, you can get away with it, but online, it's there forever, you know. Um, I, I've, I suppose I've dodged a couple of bullets and, you know, by the skin of my teeth, I'm like, I'm lucky that didn't get taken out of context or whatever or sometimes like I could be doing a live show and I could say something that I get, get away with on stage if someone recorded that and put it online you know it's mm. it is cancel culture is shit and I think there's a lot of people out there waiting for you to fail I'm sure there's a number of people who follow me and they're just waiting for me to fuck up you know mm. they're probably watching my stories waiting for me to fuck up like uh, sad yeah, yeah disappointing and uh, the fact that you have to think about that constantly does you feel like it up it kind of upsets the creative process. Yeah, I was only saying to my accountant the other day, um, she was like, look, you have X amount in your accounts and, you know, just be careful, you know, taking money out over the next few months and stuff. And I and I actually said to her, I goes, look, I was like, I'm in an area where I could be cancelled tomorrow and never earn a penny from this profession again. I says, I have to be so careful. And it's horrible, it really is. Because I remember actually the time of the vaccine, um, someone asked me, you know, what happens if vaccine certs come in um, for concerts or whatever? Are you going to are you going to like abide by that because that's discrimination and I was like oh my god and at the time I didn't really think anything of it and I was like well I kind of have to work like I can't not work you know because of the government's rules and the anti-vaxxers they came for me you know and like jokes there's a lot of people who didn't get the vaccine and respect your decision as well but I had to make my page private for a day I mean I was getting awful messages people being like you haven't got a fucking clue you're a dope and blah 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 like got really aggressive like really aggressive Um. And that was kind of the only, because what had happened was someone had screen recorded my video response to it. It was a question box and they put it on like, I think one of those anti-vax pages. And then that's how it just went. Uh, like some people are so spiteful, like mm. so spiteful. When you have like a platform that big, like you are up against people like that. Yeah. But just know it's because you are successful. Yeah, That's why. Yeah. That's if you take the take that part of it. And it's been fascinating chatting yeah. to you today. It's been so nice to finally meet you. Thanks. Uh, we've been watching your journey online and it's class to uh, have you in person, chat to you about wearing the face off people and also about your <laughs> poor boyfriend's bowels. Hope he's okay. <laughs> and I really hope that what you can take out of our meeting today is just a little bit more sympathy towards his I think his bowels are more famous than me. Like. <laughs> Enya, thank you so much for joining us on Will You Shift My Friend. Thanks, lads. Thank you very much for listening to Will You Shift My Friend, brought to you by Go Loud. And remember, Go Loud is the home of Irish podcasts. Whether you're looking for a laugh-out-loud comedy, a gripping true crime story, or some practical life advice, the Go Loud app is the place for you. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. 
leave us a five-star review. Myself and Graham, we don't get out of bed for a four-star review. absolutely not. We need five stars, please. And you'll find Will You Shift My Friend first on the Go Loud app and all major podcast platforms too. Coming up on next week's episode... I just say me I don't even pronounce the T You say mish Like <laughs> like it's a, a lump of steak like, <laughs> When you mish me when mish meet <laughs> When you meet The first woman <laughs> Like I'm gonna fucking Cook a medium well <laughs> Jesus <laughs>